Hello there. Presented by the Atlas Strength Shop. This is the Atlas Nerds in Iron podcast. With your hosts, Cameron Ray and Tyler Hales. Good evening and welcome to the Atlas Nerds in Iron podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Ray, and this is our co-host, Mr. God damn it, I didn't practice beforehand. I only say your name once a week. Jesus. Literally, I know I'm, I'm a really bad friend. I need to start saying your name like when I'm standing at home alone in the mirror. I mean, I'm only in this um, building every day. Come yes. on, man. Mr. Matthew Cavier. Ah, same, same issue. No, what did I do this close. time? Cavier. Cavier. All right. I'm getting, but I'm getting better. Not really. I'm not. No. Should I just, <laughs> you say that every week. Should I just punt? <laughs> just punt it. We're just gonna change your name like we did, Phil. Phil, we'll just give you an entirely new last name. You're uh, Mr. Matthew Smith. Something that mortal men can pronounce. We already have a Phil here, formerly known as Matthew, but he yes. is now Phil. Yeah, he's he's gonna be Phil, and he gets to keep his normal last name. You'll be Matthew Smith, right? Yeah. So, so. hope you're listening, Phil Bakari. Are you confident that it's not Vickery? No, I'm not confident at all. I'm just winging it. <laughs> I know. I say his name about like once every six months. Uh, twice as much now that you know his sister mm-hmm. trains here as well. And you know how your brain will do this thing where it's like, okay, I know what it is, but what if I don't? I just go with it. If yeah. they correct me, fine. If not, then I just keep going yeah. with it. it it's Vicari. Mm-hmm. I'm like 95% confident that it is, in fact, Vicari. It's how it looks like it would be pronounced just based off the way you spell. Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, yeah, before we really get dive deep into the podcast, uh, you might have noticed you didn't you didn't hear from us last weekend. That was by design. Uh, due to the fact that I have a lot more on my plate than I did six months ago, and Matt does as well, uh, you know, being a whole ass daddy now and shit, mm-hmm. we are going to go to an every other week model, which is actually what we always originally planned to do with the podcast. We just got a little carried away with ourselves. We originally planned to do an episode every other weekend, all week. Uh, but this, this is going to do a lot of things. It's one, it's going to mean that whenever I get activated for a month, we're going to have content already stored in the shoot, ready to go that we can release at any time. So we'll be able to get on a much more regular schedule. And it's going to mean that I'm not ripping my hair out every Sunday night when I should be relaxing with the family, trying to get this thing edited for Monday morning, because that's the way it has been going as we've been recording Sunday night and by Sunday at like 10 o'clock, I have it uploaded to the uh, to the cloud so that it can go live Monday morning at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. So if you're wondering when we actually hit, that's when we generally hit. But now it's going to be every other week until we reach kind of an equilibrium point. I got a little bit less on my plate. Uh, Matt's got a little bit less on his plate. Maybe we, uh, maybe we get a couple more people in here who, who want to talk on the mic. We can start rotating in and out. And it's all, not always just me in here. Uh, maybe a permanent podcast set up to where John's just my iPad every time. Who yeah. knows? Um, we are also, we've, we've punted the idea of a video show for now. It's more trouble than it's worth and it doesn't actually add anything to the viewers, or the viewers, the listeners. So we're going to, we're going to go all in on an audio show. And what this is going to do is logistically make it a lot easier for us to actually get call-in guests, which let's face it, you can only listen to me and Matt's voice so much before, you know, we feel like we're just kind of having the con- same conversations with y'all over and over again. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you run- guys you get bored of hearing me every week. Yeah, you just kind of run out of stories. So this is going to give us the ability to get some bigger names on the show, people that are more interesting than us, and we can actually do more with the show and grow it faster. So hopefully you'll like the idea. And with no further ado, we're going to go ahead and we're going to cut to the sponsors real quick and talk about them. First and foremost, we have... Unmasked Studios. What is Unmasked Studios? Un- Unmasked Studios is a boutique cosplay maker. Uh, I don't know if you saw on his Instagram, he finally got his building rebuilt. He's going to start finishing up the inside so that he can get back to work again. I know cons are coming up. He's going to have a lot of orders. So he's got to finish up. I'm sure he probably lost a lot of material. He probably lost some projects that he was working on. That guy is going to need your support. So if you are a fan of cons, if you're a fan of cosplay, if you love that art, if you are just a nerd in general, Please, 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 please go to Unmasked Studio Instagram, Facebook. Support this guy. Buy one of his cosplays. He might have a donation link. I'm really not sure. I need to look up to see if he has a donation link. 
like his stuff, share his stuff, tag us in your, uh, in your favorite cosplay that he makes. Do what you have to do to boost this guy in the algorithm so that he gets seen by more eyes because God is he talented and we want this guy to succeed. And next up, we have StrikeForceEnergy.com. What is StrikeForceEnergy.com? StrikeForceEnergy.com is a veteran-owned supplement. Um, kind of hiccuped a little bit. It is a veteran-owned energy shot. It comes in little 10-ounce pouches. They're filled with fluid. You just put them whatever you are drinking, and it's going to give you a nice, sustainable level of energy for whatever you're doing. You're not going to have these big peaks. You're not going to have these big crashes, and it is going to help you get through the day. I personally like them in the afternoon when it is too late for coffee, but I need a little bit of pick-me-up, but I don't want something heavy like a monster sitting on my stomach with all that carbonation. I just take a Strike Force Energy packet. I mix it with some water. I drink that water. I'm hydrated. got some caffeine in me, and I am good to go. It's a perfect pre-workout when... On those days where you come in and you feel like you have good energy, but you just want a little bit more so you don't quite need pre-workout, it's perfect for that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a smooth kick. It doesn't quite kick you in the teeth. And it's delicious. Like, it tastes like damn Kool-Aid, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my favorite flavor is the grape. You said yours was the orange? or Yeah, I like the orange and the original. Yeah, I- I'm honestly not the biggest fan of the original, but I also don't like Red Bulls. I don't find it tastes like Red Bull. It reminds me of really? candy. Yeah. What what kind of candy you been here drinking? I don't know. Eaten. It just, just reminds me of candy. Okay. Candy laced with Red Bull. Sounds good to me. So did you happen to get any candy for Halloween that had drugs in it? Uh, no. From what I understand, people don't want to waste their drugs on people's <sighs> kids. So unfortunately. I, I, I feel like our neighborhood drug dealers are really letting us down by you know not giving children weed and having them pass out early. Instead, they just give them normal candy and they have a sugar high. Jeez. Well, so, luckily for us, our, our little one's still too young for candy, so whatever candy I acquired, I got to eat. Okay. Um, you still have a bunch lying around the house, or did y'all get rid of it all now? No, we uh, we actually went, the candy we had to give away, we ran out by 7.30. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. we underestimated how many kids came to the house. Okay. So y'all didn't walk around with your daughter, you just... Uh, no, we just sat in the driveway, Okay, and she fell asleep. What'd you dress her up as? A little pumpkin. A little pumpkin. I feel like that's what everybody does. Yeah. For baby's first Halloween. I know uh, one of my first Halloween pictures is actually sitting around. Uh, it is on. So my on on my grandmother's bookshelf, there's like this plastic key ring mm-hmm. with plastic photo frames on it. They have the hold like little, I want to say they're three by five pictures. Right. And they're all from me when I was a little baby. So it's <laughs> like pictures of my grandfather holding me, pictures of my great grandfather, my great grandmother. And there's a picture of me and my dad on my first Halloween where he just grabbed some camouflage from, uh, from it looks like he just grabbed something from a Goodwill, dressed me up in it. Nice. And walked me around the neighborhood. So, yeah. Well, whenever you brought up your, uh, your great-grandparent, that just reminded me, my daughter met her great-great-grandmother this past weekend. She still has a great-great-grandmother? Yep. She actually just turned 99 this weekend. Oh, wow. You yep. know, now that I think about it, my great-grandmother is a great-great-grandmother because... Yeah, I'm 32, and I have some cousins that are, you know, younger than me that have kids. Okay. So, yeah, she, she's a great-great-grandmother. That's crazy. That, that's so weird to think about. Isn't it? I knew my great-grandparents, but they passed away when I was about 10. Okay. And, like, there are people now. So, it's you're one the of Heather's only... great-grandmothers then. Yeah, it's okay. Heather's great-grandmother. I have one left. I have my great-grandmother on my, uh, on my dad's uh, father's side. How old is she? She's in her 90s. Okay. Yeah, she lives in like an assisted living hall community in in Monroe. Okay. You know, they're like little condos where they have nurses that go in and check on them. But, you know, she cleans up after herself. She cooks her own meals. Oh, so she's still able to do for herself. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, good. She, she still gets around very well considering her age. But, like, she kept a garden until she was like 75, 80. Nice. So, you know, kept her young. She was mowing her own grass for, for a <laughs> long time. She finally got some help a few years ago to uh, do that kind of stuff. But yeah, she's she's spry for her age. I need to go visit her. Um, the last, which I mean, I'm sure you can relate, given that that Heather has a great grandmother. It's been hard to visit them mm-hmm. in like the last year and a half, two years. Yeah, because visitations yeah. have been restricted in a lot of places. Well, it's not just they've been visit uh, restricted, you know, because like I had the ability to go and visit my great grandmother at any time, but you don't want to take the chance. You yeah, want to risk like, it. You know, because you never know if you have it or if you're like, if you're, uh, what's it called? Um, 
what is it called when you don't have symptoms? Uh, asymptomatic. asymptomatic yeah. yeah, you don't know if you're asymptomatic. You can pass it on to your great-grandmother. So there's that catch-22. Do you want to visit your great-grandmother and risk being asymptomatic, give her COVID, and then she gets sick and she dies from COVID? Or do you not go see her and never get to see her again anyway because she is 90? Well, here's how, there, there's, like, there's sucks. two ways to look at this. You, you can either take the risk of spreading it, mm-hmm. which would suck, mm-hmm. or um, they're in their 90s. So at that point, um, YOLO, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, they yeah. could just decide, you know what? I'm just done. And yeah. they just check out. Yeah, they I mean, they wander in, off into the woods to die like a cat. Yeah, they're just they're just in their nineties. Like it, it's. I don't mean to sound rude, but it, yeah, I mean it, it's um, gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I was actually uh had a really sad thought the other day because she makes homemade jelly and she sent some back with my grandmother, and I was making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich as one would with homemade jelly. Right. And one of these days, I'm going to have my last peanut butter and jelly sandwich with her jelly on it, and I won't know it's the last one at the time. Damn. Right? That's, that's heavy. That's a... Uh, boy, we should have bought whiskey for this one. Right? I mean, <laughs> we, we do I have any whiskey left here? I don't think... I think the only bottle of whiskey that's left here is from that decanter, and it was sitting in this uh, window seal. Mm. So it's like had the sun beating down on it. It's probably not any good. Mm, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, and you get like a bottle of wood for reserve or something to pour in that and just keep it in the, uh, hell, we can just keep it in the studio. I can get, uh, so I know there's a couple things that I kind of want to do with this place uh, now that we, we're kind of going in a slightly different direction. I want to get like a little small bar set up for in here. Uh-huh. I think that that would go a long way to, well, not a long way, but make the podcast experience a little bit cooler. And, you know, we took the TV, the entertainment center, the game systems out of the, out of the, the rec room in there. Right. I was thinking about putting in a pool table and a couple of old school arcade games. That would be cool. Yeah. I think the members are like that. Yep. I think, uh, you know, cause let's face because my original plan for that room was members even when they didn't have a workout mm-hmm. if you were bored at home and you wanted to go hang out with your buddies you always knew your buddies were going to be here right so that was the original intention with that room and it just it never really took off like I, like i intended it to uh it became a place where people would just park their kids during their workout right and they would erase my dragon ball game Son of a bitch. I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> I don't know if Tyler listens, but I, I'm still a little bitter that uh, the Cameron erased 48 hours of Dragon Ball. And you can't get those 48 hours back. I mean, I eventually caught back up to where I was, mm-hmm. but no, I can't just get those back. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't the biggest game erasal betrayal of my life that happened when I was a little kid. Right. Um, my little brother, uh, Trevor, if you're listening, I don't know if you if you remember this or if I've ever told you this story. Remember the, uh, it was actually this version right here, the Pokemon Yellow version. Wow. It was my first, that was the first version that I had, uh, that I owned. Mm-hmm. And I had, did you ever play it when you were a kid? I played Silver. Okay. So you know the premise. I had, yeah. be- I had beaten all the gym leaders. I had gone to the Elite Four. I had become a Pokemon master in the game. Right. My primary six that I battled with were all level 100. Mm-hmm. You know, I was rocking and rolling. I had just gotten to the point where I caught every, where I had either caught or evolved every single Pokemon that was available in that game. Damn. So I was to the point now where I needed to, like, find somebody with the red version and start trading, find somebody with the blue version, start trading so I could get 150. I was well on my way. My little brother wanted to play, so I set him up, and I was like, okay, but I'm not going to set you up on my save file because, you know, I don't want you to, like, you know, accidentally ruin anything. So I opened up a new game. He couldn't read, so I figured, you know, it'd be fine. He'll just he'll push buttons. He saved over oh, no. my file with a new game, and I don't think I touched it for three years. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I was so disheartened. I remember playing that game. Like, how how much work you had to do to get anywhere in that. Yeah, because you would have to do stuff. Like, if you wanted to go beat the Elite Four, none of your Pokemon were ready to go do that by the time you got your eighth badge. No, you had to, you had to like, train your guys up. Yeah, that you had to, time. like, you had to, like, go find... I remember there was a house on Cinnabar Island, mm-hmm. which was where you got your seventh badge. And that had the strongest Pokemon wild in the game to that point. 
That's where you trained your. Yep. So I just went there and I just remember just fighting like level 70 mucks (laughs) and, and, you know, just to the point until it got to the point where they were like one shotting them. Right. And I remember, I remember the first time I played it through by the time I got my eighth badge, my Charizard was level 72. Nice. And all the other ones were lagging behind it by at least 20, 30 levels. Right. Because I always used my Charizard. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring everybody up to level 72. Mm-hmm. And that took probably three weeks of grinding. That's a uh, lot of work. It is a lot of work. I remember I spent a lot of hours in that game. It wasn't the most annoying grind that I did because um, I always liked going into the next area op- overpowered. Yeah. So I remember on the yellow version, you didn't have to choose between the original three. Mm-hmm. You got Pikachu as your starter and in the first like three or four towns, you had the opportunity to do somebody in town a favor for either Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur. Okay. So you have the ability to have, you know, by the end of by the end of the game, Charizard, Venusaur, and Blastoise on your team. That's pretty good. Yeah, you could get stacked with that game. <laughs> so in Cerulean City, you could get Charmander. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what you had to do to get Charmander. You like talked to somebody in town, you did him a favor, and he would give you a Charmander. And I remember up north of Cerulean City, there was a patch of grass that was, and your Charmander's level five when you get him. There was a patch of grass that was two steps tall and six steps long. Okay. And I literally walked that in a circle until I got to level 36 when it evolved into a Charizard. Okay. And then I went to to a fire gym with a Charizard and wrecked shit. (laughs) I don't know why that's what I wanted to do, but that's what I wanted to do. And that's the way I did it ever since. How old were you at the time? I don't know. I was like six, eight, something something like that. I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a little bit older than that. Let's see. I went to go live with my dad when I was nine years old. And I think I got my Game Boy Color a few years later. So I was probably 10, 11. Gotcha. Yeah. I remember, you know, fourth, fifth grade, something like that. I don't know how old they are. Sounds about right. Yep. So uh, we actually had, I posted earlier um, when I got released from Drill, I posted a question on both the Nerds and Iron podcast page and the gym page asking what people wanted to talk about. And between now and the time I walked in the store, only two people had actually answered that question. So we didn't have really many. Um, Was that including me? Uh, I didn't see yours. What'd you What'd you say? I just said explicit content. Explicit content. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you want to talk about. <laughs> what kind of explicit content? But uh, now we probably should stay away from explicit content. Um, Katie had wanted us to kind of give a review of the Ruguru. Yeah, I figured we were going to do that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, tonight, that anyway. was definitely something I want to talk about, and I want to talk about next steps for the gym, next steps for strongman in the area, uh, and. Nico wanted to, he asked the question, why, why do people get involved in strongman? And that was kind of a weird question. I can't speak for everybody. That's kind of a personal reason. Yeah. Um, uh, why did you get started with strongman? Um, honestly, cause when I joined Atlas, that's just kind of what the flavor was. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people here who were strongman competitors mm-hmm. and just being here all the time around that just one day decided to, to jump in. Okay. And then had a lot of fun with it. And then ap- after I did the competition in Jackson mm-hmm. and I did the competition in Alabama, that's when I was really like, okay, like I'm not really good at it, but I like this shit. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah like I'm not the best at it either, but it, it is a fun. ton of fun. And it actually gives me outside of just for personal, like, like very selfish reasons to working out. Like now I have like, I've set goals like yeah. to like now my goal is, hey, next August when we go to Alabama, I actually want to be competitive in my division. Yeah, definitely, like, definitely. Like actually be like in that top eight or so guys. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. look at him. He's, you know, he has a fight in him. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Now I have some goals. <laughs> definitely. Uh, I know the way I got started with it. When I got back from Afghanistan, I joined a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. And this was back in 2014. I pretty much i hadn't completely like swallowed the crossfit kool-aid 
the gym I was going to, it was real laid back. Uh, it wasn't go as hard as you can every single time. It was the way the Metcons were designed. It was like, okay, we're going to do like these five movements at 80%, rest for how, rest for four minutes, then we're going to do those five movements at 80% again. Right. And it was stuff like you would do this for you would do this for 8 to 10 minutes, rest for 4 minutes, do it for 8 to 10 minutes, rest for 4 minutes. Uh it was it was essentially what the CrossFit athletes that were going to regionals and the games at the time mm-hmm. were doing for their actual training. Instead of a, like a lot of CrossFit gyms just put the workout of the day as whatever the you know, they treat it more like the sport of CrossFit every single day instead of training for the sport of CrossFit, if that makes sense. Right, makes yeah. Sense. But, so I was a trainer at Snap Fitness, and I was there at like 4 a.m., as, you know, one is when you're first cutting your teeth in those first few months being a trainer. I was sitting in that office on my iPad that I had at the time, and I had YouTube open. It was going through its thing where it does the next video that pops up. I'm eating my breakfast, and I started off watching video from the CrossFit Games. Then the next video that popped up was video from the, um, I think they were doing the Australian Oak for the Arnold Strongman Classic. Okay. And I'm like, what is this? I haven't seen this. The only thing I've really ever seen from Strongman is, uh, is World's Strongest Man, but I hadn't seen anything beyond that. Then the next video that came up was, you, you met Chip Conrad, right? When, yeah, yeah, when I, I have. Yeah, he used to have a video on his YouTube, or not a video, a uh, a video series on his YouTube channel called Strength Rituals, mm-hmm. where they were a little bit higher produced. It was almost like small TV show documentary style, and one of the ones he did was on the Arnold Strongman Classic and the history of strongman in general. After watching that video, I was like, "Wow, this looks really interesting." I uh, what was the first piece of equipment I bought? I think the very first piece of strongman equipment I bought was actually, uh, I bought one of those axles that's back there Mm -hmm. and they accidentally delivered two and I never told them about that. So we wound up with two axles. Nice. Uh, and I essentially started using what I had left over from my, but from my pay from snap to Mm -hmm. buy strongman equipment. So I got that. I got those, uh, those brute force sandbags that are back there. I got that fringe sport yoke that we had forever. Um, right. You know, that was uh, purchased then. Two stones, a circus dumbbell, a couple of logs, and I just started slowly accumulating that equipment until I eventually, you know, you know the rest of the story. We opened up 1.0 right down the street from here, and now we're here. Yep. And what I love more than actually, you know, training in the sport and participating in the sport I love all the culture surrounding the sport, so I love growing that sport, and that's really what I think I'm in this community to really do. Yeah, the the, the strongman community is it's really a lot of fun. It really is. Yeah, it just you go out there, you move some heavy stuff, you talk to a bunch of people that are from God knows where. Mm-hmm. It's like when we we're at Alabama, there were people from pretty much all over the country. Yeah, yeah, people who drove in. I think you had what? I met a couple of guys who flew in. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. People flew um, in for this comp. Yep, that's true. They did. Yeah, like we had people from all the way from. Uh, I think the furthest person that I met was from Georgia. Okay, that's quite uh, a distance. Yeah, I'm not sure if they were the furthest person. I know we had some people from Tennessee come down. We had some Georgians. That's crazy. Yeah, like but, just everybody's nice. Everybody's welcoming, and mm-hmm. then whenever you're done competing, you crack open a couple of beers. Yep, it's great. All right, so um, so yeah, that's I can't speak on everybody, but that's that's what we got in the strongman for. Yep. Um, that being said though, I am not personally a specialized athlete. Like I don't strictly train strongman. I don't strictly train powerlifting. I kind of dabble in a little bit of everything. I'm kind of the same way actually. Um, and I think it's my ADHD. Yeah. I just, I, I dabble. Well, I think you, I think like me, you kind of have an appreciation for yes. all of it. So you can appreciate the powerlifting. Mm-hmm. You appreciate the CrossFit and the strongman and the Olympic lifting. So you kind of touch it all because you kind of want to know what it feels like. I definitely train for strength primarily, Mm -hmm. but I don't specialize for any specific strength sport. Um, Right right now I'm I'm specializing a little bit Mm -hmm. because I want to be more competitive and strong, man. And you just started started a cube program, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I've made my own mutated version of it, Mm -hmm. but the the, the strength progression is cube. 
Awesome, awesome. How's that uh, working? How's that going so far? I know you you kind of just started, so you really I haven't had that much time. I am three weeks. I'm going to start the third week of my first block, mm-hmm. and I actually feel pretty good. good. I feel really good. Good, good. I like the variation. I know I did the testing for my main four lifts uh, this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, just worked up to a heavy five in. It's going to be an SSB squat, barbell deadlift, a um, you know barbell overhead push press. And then a uh, going to be using that Cadillac bar that we got as my primary bench for a while. That's what I'm going to do too. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's going to do wonders for driving up my overhead. Yep, That's kind of I, the impression I, I'm getting from using it. I got away from the traditional barbell press for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, on the bench. Yeah. Um, just because I'm not a powerlifter, mm-hmm. so it it just doesn't for for the for the goal that I have now. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense for me to use a straight bar. Yeah. And that, that particular bar with that curve increases your range of motion, mm-hmm. but because of your grip, you're not in a compromised position when you're down there. Yeah. Like, I don't feel it on my shoulders like I would, other, you know, in doing other things sometimes. Yeah. And and you and I both know my shoulders are already jacked up. Yeah. So, I definitely, it definitely felt much better on my shoulders than a traditional barbell did. But yeah, I'm really gonna enjoy having that Cadillac bar around. It's nice, but usually, usually with my shoulder, it's always my right shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever my shoulder, whenever I feel it, that's when I know I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, and it's generally I'm just not being tight enough. Yeah, so I just get tight and it's fine. But with that bar, I feel like it's more forgiving. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like I have a day where I really want to load it up, I'm not saying I can be careless, but I have a a little bit larger margin for error. Yeah, definitely. I just know mine's just an injury from the military. Mm-hmm. I really need to go to the VA, but I haven't. I mean, I have some friends who are uh, former military, and see, let's just say they don't hold the VA in high esteem. Well, nobody does, but a lot of people also. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like when you're dealing with your credit card company, and their entire job is to deny you whenever you first ask for something, just to see if you're going to come back, and then they'll approve you. you right. Know what I'm talking about. They kind of do the same thing with the VA, just because if they approved everybody on the first go around, they wouldn't have any money left. So okay. the, that sales funnel, practically, is we're going to deny you and see how many people give up. It's a shame, but that's kind of how they operate. Well, I feel like there's a lot of veterans out there who really need their service. But. There is. Um, I can also say this. The VA is not the same as it was five or six years ago. I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't yeah. know. It's gotten a lot more funding in the last five or six years. Okay. So well, that's good. That's yes, a good thing. A ton more funding. Are are they perfect? No. No organization running by the government is going to be perfect or anywhere close to it. But they're making steps in the right direction. That's so, good. Yeah, that's good. I'm very, glad to hear that. Very, very good. All right. So let's move on to this uh this thing that Katie wanted to talk about with a little little Rugaroo re, uh review. Which a little strongman show. Of, yeah, I guess it's more of a recap than a review. I don't know how you'd review your own show i definitely know some things that i want to do better next year for sure yeah um so make a rule of um don't touch the equipment (laughs) yeah and we'll kind of get to that part so what was uh broad strokes let's let's do this kind of how we do our after action reviews in the military okay Let's start with our. So, what were we? What were we trying to do? We were trying to put on the, the second annual Ruguru Classic. We were trying to make the best strongman show, that we could make at the time with the resources that we have. Right. Do you feel like we accomplished that goal? Yes, I think we did. I okay. think, given where we were with the equipment we had and the people we had, I thought we did a good job. I thought okay. it ran smoothly. I know I had a lot of people come up to me and say it ran a hell of a lot smoother than last year. Right. Um. Were you involved at all last year? No, I got married that day. <laughs> you did get married that day. That's right. You were, you betrayed us and you got married instead. You can uh, you can take that up with my wife. But yeah, well, let's let, we tell her square up. <laughs> uh, no, I, I wouldn't do that. Not at all. She'll kick your ass. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Um, you know, like somebody somebody who tra- who competes and trains in strength sports don't underestimate their wives or their girlfriends because. Um, they're not scared of you. She uh, she was ass. a lacrosse player and a swimmer, so yeah. she she's stronger than she looks. Trust me. Mine's just crazy and has farm girl strength. 
I can believe that. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. I wouldn't pick a fight with her. I'm actually a little bit intimidated by her. A lot of people are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand why she's four eleven, but uh, but yeah, a lot of people came up to me and said that they felt it ran a lot smoother than last year. We didn't make a lot of the same mistakes that we did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Well, let's go ahead and we'll move on to the next thing. Uh, what are some things do you think that um, that we definitely did right this year that we did? Well, you weren't involved last year. What that did we, we really did, do right? That we did right this yeah. year. Um, the setup. Mm-hmm. I like the setup of how we had the two platforms mm-hmm. on the turf. Started off with the logs, and it was very easy to transition from logs to the actual deadlift. Do you feel like the athletes had a stable enough platform to do their thing on when it was sitting on turf? Um, I, I think so because I didn't really see any, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't see no like for the log. I did not see an alarming number of people lose their balance. Okay. So I was spotting the women's and the lightweight, mm-hmm. and there was only two or three times where I had to to help a person stabilize or mm-hmm. push a log out the way. I don't really remember that being like an alarming problem. Like, hey, they can't stay stable. Did any of the athletes complain about their footing at all? I didn't hear them say anything. Okay. And on on the deadlift, I think they were so focused on just standing up with the weight. Yeah. I, I don't think they would they really noticed anything. Okay. Um. So you said as far as setup with setting up right there. Um. What else do you think we did well? Um. And for those of you at home that think this is just going to be us sucking our own dicks as far as the show, we're going to get to the <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to the thing that we a little need bit to... later, and you're going <laughs> to. There were a few things just cutting our own dicks off. I like how we used. Well, I mean, it it was not really by choice, but having uh, a station outside, mm-hmm. I thought that was good. Having With the the way the Hercules hold was set up, right? When we had the, yeah. the yoke run inside and then the Hercules hold outside, it looked so pretty. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, and the stones, the only thing about, no, I like the way the stones went for the most part. I would, I would critique one thing about the stones when we get to that part. Okay. Yeah. And I know what part you're going to, you're going to talk about. Um, I think we definitely had a good team running it this year Mm -hmm. for sure. I know the biggest thing that I know from my end comparing this year to last year that made a hell of a difference was we had one dedicated person where that was their sole job was to input numbers. Right. Because trying to to pass that role off to two or three different people last year was, it was insanity. Right. And just having, having one guy doing all that really made a difference as far as the flow of the competition goes. And the person you had doing it was very much qualified for it. Oh, 100%. Like, I asked him if he was getting brain fried at all, and he was like, I, I make programs for, for fun. No, he so, was wired. He, yeah. was, he was zoned in. Yep, he was definitely zoned in. And, uh, yeah, concessions ran a lot smoother this year, too. We had we didn't have nearly as much left over as we did last year. That's good. Last year, I think I bought too much. Um, we had two ice chests of jambalaya this year. I think I had three last year. Well, I wound up with an entire, an entire um, ice chest full of jambalaya left over when it was all said and done. I ate a lot of jambalaya after the show last year. <laughs> How much were you left with this year? None. Good. Yep, we sold it all. Awesome. Um, about three quarters away through the show, I lowered the price. Then I lowered the price again, and eventually I was selling it for three dollars, which is three dollars a person is what we paid for it. Okay. So you know we broke even on that last little bit. We wound up with a lot of drinks left over. Like we have a lot of Bud Lights, a lot of Cokes, a lot of Dr. Peppers. So we're not going to buy nearly as many soft drinks next year. Right. Um, or beer. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. On the beer part, you know, we, we need to stay hydrated here. We do need to stay hydrated. Uh, we sold a lot of water. Good. So that was good. Yeah. Uh, I think we will sold a lot more if it was as hot as it was last year. We really couldn't have had a prettier day to do, do the The weather was... It was amazing. Perfect. Nice and cold in the morning. Mm -hmm. But once you got going and you were warmed up, you were warmed up. It was perfect. Yep. Uh, Another thing I thought went really well, I think the decorations added a really nice touch. Yeah, it was nice, especially for Halloween weekend. Yep. It was great. Had the spooky music going on the stereo. Mm -hmm. I like the atmosphere. Yep. Had Ryan Rhodes uh, 
dress up as a plague doctor to pass out awards. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that looked that really awesome. cool in, a lot, in people's pictures. Um, and having Doc Rhodes there, it's actually, I thought that was really, I mean, we were probably going to have some kind of EMT there. Yeah. But having him specifically with his knowledge of stress yep. sports, I thought was huge. And he was there last year as well. And we were also supposed to have a physical therapist this year, but he double booked. Okay. He, um, he, he set up to, and he's going to be at the next one. We've already, we've already like figured it all out. Okay. Um, he signed up to be one of our vendors. He paid the for the platinum package, which gets him a booth at the show. Then got home, looked at the fridge, and his girlfriend had hung up one of those like save the date magnets. Mm-hmm. And they had a wedding in I think Georgia to be at. Oh, the same day. So he was like, "Man, I'm not gonna be able to make it." That sucks. It really does. He was excited about it. Um, so yeah, we'll have physical therapist and a doctor of sports medicine at the next one. Good. Uh, I know we had a lot of really cool sponsors this year. I want to get our sponsors a little bit more involved, though. All right, so let's move on to the improves. So I'll let you go first with that. Um, I, I actually have this, I'm not going to say complaint, but I noticed this at, at other strongman shows, so maybe maybe just the way they're, they're just set up. But mm-hmm. um, I would like to find a way, which I guess... For me, I was I was spotting about, a lot. Are you about to say to cordon off the athlete area yes. versus the spectator area? Yeah, give let's yes. separate the athletes from the spectators. One hundred percent. That actually the spectators and they don't mean to, but they a lot of time they kinda get in the way. Yes. And we can kinda touch on that a little bit later with uh a little bit of story time. Yep. But uh that actually occurred to me. About 11 p.m. the night before the show, I was thinking back to other shows and about how they had like the stanzas with the, uh, you know, with the barricades set up. Right. And I was like, crap, we don't have anything like that. And then I thought back to last year about how it wasn't really a big deal, but we have a lot more equipment in the building this year. Right. And I, it definitely did wind up getting in the way a little bit. Yeah, because when I was trying to transition from, when I was trying to pick up stuff, or when I'm trying to get to the next event to help mm-hmm. help operate it, I felt like I had to fight through a crowd to get there. Yeah. Which, I mean, may have happened regardless, but, you know, mm-hmm. it would have been nice to not have to go through so many people. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like we had enough volunteers on hand? I felt like we could have used a couple of more. Uh, I think particularly, we use a couple more. Yeah, particularly spotters. Yeah. Um, when it came to the events on the turf... We had it handled, mm-hmm. but when we got to the stones, um, there was a lag before we before some of us could get there, and Elizabeth was running the show by herself. Like by herself, by herself, because yeah. I know we had the judges over there too. I I don't know what the judges were doing before I got there, but when I showed up, I I remember seeing her, and but I mean, to her credit, she was doing a hell of a job. I mean, she was okay, moving good. stones like crazy. Good. Um, but yeah, she wasn't even really supposed to be there volunteering. She had right. She just Pete. She just jumped in. Yeah, she um, just jumped in and started working. Okay, so that's something I need to do a much better job of managing next year. Um, anything else? Um, find a way to better spot the stones because there were a couple of incidents where it could have been dangerous. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe pull the platforms off the wall a little bit. Maybe have somebody behind it who can kind of catch it or something. You see, I've seen that at other shows, and it doesn't usually work out too well. Okay. Because, like, you saw how they were just kind of throwing it against the wall. Right. When you don't have a wall there, they throw it over the platform. Oh, really? Yes. That's dangerous. Yeah, I've seen that happen before, where they just throw it up there, hit the platform, and it rolls off the back. Okay. And I've seen spotters risk serious injury that way. Yeah, that's dangerous. Yes. Especially when you get the heavier weights. 100%. Uh, But I, I did see that. From across the room, I saw that one where it kind of started rolling down the tears. That made me shit. <laughs> uh, me and me and Andrew Perkins had to compromise on the had to figure out something immediately. Mm-hmm. Luckily, nothing happened. But basically, I threw a pad down and he threw it. He basically bounced it down the steps off yeah. the platform onto the pad. Yeah, I saw that. That was Y'all a real, handled it very very well. That was a real fuck me moment. Yeah, I definitely need to be a lot more hands on with the events next year. Well, um, well, you're kind of running the show, so you you kind of need to be GM. 
Yes, but I need to figure out something because, you know, like we talked about last week, we found out that one of the weights had been loaded incorrectly on the, well, we found out twice. One of the athletes for the deadlift, their loads, their weight was loaded incorrectly when they did their pull. Okay. And then on the stones, the heavyweight, you said the heavyweight athletes were doing the super heavyweight weights. Yeah. One of the divisions was end. doing the heavier weight. Yeah. Which, it kind of sucks, but at the same time, all the athletes had the same conditions. Yes, they are still on the same playing field. So no sure. one had an advantage over mm-hmm. the other one. Yes. So either you were stronger than your competitor or you weren't, plain yeah. or simple. And uh, and I keep thinking back to like ways the Hercules hold could have been improved with the time that we had. But this competition really got screwed with me being activated for a hurricane for six weeks prior. That didn't help. It didn't help at all. And uh, and you know one of our like main like construction mines that we that we have in our corner. Right. Uh, he's been he's been out of pocket working on other projects. I know he's been in Minnesota a lot, so I really couldn't consult him on the best way to do certain things. Right. If we ever do a Hercules hold again, we need some sort of safety parameter to keep it from collapsing in on itself. That really, when the Hercules hold failed, that that's when things got slowed down. Well, but 100%. it actually wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. It still ran relatively smoothly mm-hmm. after that. Well, we had a backup plan already in place. Right. So, Which, luckily, Mr. Preston was there. Yes. And he knew how to set it up. Yes, definitely. Um but yeah, next year we are definitely going to have a rule where if any of if anybody you bring touches the equipment, you get a zero on the event. Yeah, if you're not if you're not a, a staff member, if you're not a staff member or volunteer, and you are not a competitor actively doing it, warming up or mm. doing the event, do not touch the equipment because we had an accident. Yep. Luckily, nobody got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have been very very bad. But I'm definitely going like we got. I got to do some serious repairs on that Hercules hold out there, right? Which I was going to wind up improving it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that, what I wanted to originally make as a permanent setup, I kind of made a okay. This should last the show, right? I want to get something fabricated for our hinge points that's anchored directly into the concrete. That would be a good idea. Yep. You know, basically have it to the point where that platform out there is kind of just for show, right? And, you know, the real, the real mechanics of it are anchored into the concrete. I also want to drill through those pipes mm-hmm. or not through those pipes. So the way we had it set up with the, um, with the, uh, what do you call them? The, um, the barbell sleeve. Right. So we put the axle that wound up t- being way too much force right there. So instead I want to drill straight through that log. At, right, at the right angle to where we can just slip the barbell all the way through and collar the other side. Okay. You know, basically make it like um, kind of like how a sword is designed where the where the blade goes all the way through the handle mm-hmm. to make it stronger. Uh, similar concept to that. Okay. And I think doing those two things is going to make that a perfect permanent structure. You want to tell everyone the story about what happened? So I don't really know how to explain it right without, you know, using visual aids. <laughs> But so essentially what happened is about almost all the way through our third weight class, uh, which was lightweight novice men, which was one of our largest weight classes. One of the eye bolts for the guide wire came out of the log. So we reattached the eye bolts, which that was another thing. I didn't realize how bad that log was until it was too late to do anything about it. Right. I didn't get some better log for uh, logs for that. So we attached, so we reattached the eye bolt. And when I was loosening the guide wire to hook it back up and tighten it again, so we'd get some tension on it, some old man who was there picked up on the axle that was coming out of it to hip height. And what that did, because the axle was attached to the log at about a, I don't know, roughly like a 75 degree angle. Right. It made the log go inward until it passed the point of no return weight wise and the and the entire implement collapsed in on itself and when that happened a couple things happened it broke some of the um it it didn't break the framework of the hinge point but some of the uh the strengthening braces 
it broke that because it wasn't designed for the log to move in that direction. And also because there was probably about 75 pounds on the end of the axle, when that log crashed, that weight at the top of the axle kept moving. Hmm. That twisted the steel on the apparatus we had lag bolted into the log, and it split the log along where those lag bolts were in, to the point where the two axles were no longer sitting at the same at the same angle. Damn. And me and um, me and Ryan were looking at it, and we were like. Um, uh, Ryan Pope, not Ryan Rhodes. Right. We were looking at him, and he was like, yeah, that's just that's not going to work. So we had moved plan B. Luckily, we had a plan B, and it worked out well. Uh, bright side is the next competition. Uh, have I told you yet? You mentioned something after the show, but we didn't talk about it. We are going to start planning for Louisiana's Strongest Man mid-April. Oh, that would yep. be fun. We got the logo for it picked out. We've got the events for it picked out. Um, it's going to be a USS show again. So we just, uh, we're waiting to pay the USS fee, create the logo, and then we're going to, uh, we're going to get it announced. It'll be on iron podium. It'll be on Facebook, uh, Facebook events. Uh, as far as the events go, and these are subject to change. We're going to have a 60 second overhead melody where you're going to go between an axle and a keg as many reps as possible. Until the end of that 60 seconds. That keg is brutal. Yes. Uh, we're going to have an eight, a max 18-inch deadlift. I'm going to see if I can score some Hummer tires for that. Nice. Because I happen to know where some are that haven't moved in four years. You think maybe... That's all I'm going to say about it. Gotcha. That's all I'm going to say about it. I think I know where some are that haven't moved in four years. Um, so that'll put the bar at 18 inches. Uh, it'll be standard power bar for that event. Okay. Uh, what was the next one? We're going to do a Conan's wheel. Um, Mr. Preston is going to bring Colt's Conan's wheel to the gym. What, what is that? You don't know what a Conan's wheel is? I mean, I probably don't know the term, but what? Um, so you've done a Zercher carry before, right? Yes. A Zercher carry in a circle. Okay. I have yes. seen that. Yeah. Just... The bar runs from a central pivot point and usually it's about a 15 foot radius. That'll, that's going to look cool. It's going to look very cool. And that'll be our outdoor event that we have. Um, that'll also be our, our only choke point event as well. Um, because all, everything else will be able to have two lanes going. Nice. Uh, which I can actually talk to, um, I can talk to Valhalla and see if they want to bring their Hercules hold down for that. Cool. Maybe I can talk to Duke about that, um, later this week. Um, so we're going to have Hercules hold. We're going to have a. It's going to be a fifty foot. Far, it's going to be a fifty foot heavy farmer carry, just straight shot, no turn for time. For time, yes. It just nodded there and back, just one, just one, one sprint, sprint down. I'm assuming it's going to be very heavy. It's going to be heavy, yes. Um, unless I get another frame, then we might make it a frame instead of a uh, farmer carry. Okay. Uh, which that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to avoid buying a bunch of equipment for this show. Because we just bought a bunch of equipment for the last show. And then after that, the final event is going to be a uh, a keg over bar for max reps. That's interesting. So instead of it like Alabama when you did where it was one set weight for as, you know, as high as you could get it. Right. Set bar height and you have 60 seconds to put it over the bar as many times as you can. When you mentioned the Hercules hold again, that, that did remind me of one more improvement. Which um, made the Hercules hold heavier. I thought the Ruger, I thought the Ruger it, for some weight classes at least, it was a a little one hundred percent because yes. one guy held the weight for the entire song of Rooster by Alice in Chains, and then dropped it because he was bored. Okay, <laughs> uh, yes, one hundred percent. We need to make that weight heavier. It's um, like that's a weird one because like Colton them hadn't been training it that heavy, right, and. That if I'm not mistaken, because the weight for Colt got significantly heavier, and he held it for about the same amount of time. So that's a weird one. And apparently, they wanted to make the weight that they were going to do even heavier. Well, I think, but I think the, Colt's an exception to the rule because of his deadlift is so damn high. Yeah, his grip strength is naturally up there. Yes, 
But, like, he had been training with three plates and a quarter. Shit. That's not really heavy. It, it wasn't. We were, when we got to his weight class, we had, what, five plates on the pins? Mm-hmm. That was fairly heavy. Yep. Maybe and, maybe just for the lighter classes. And, and he held it heavy. for about the same period of time. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, they wanted to make it even heavier, mm-hmm. but the... Uh, no, the, we couldn't. We couldn't load it. We yeah. couldn't hand it off to them. Yeah, the spotters had. The spotters protested. At that yeah, point. me, me, and Ethan were like, "There's no way." Yeah, you know, Ethan's strong, but you're asking him to pick up what six, seven plates and hand it off to some guy over and over again. Yeah, yeah. All, all four of us were like, "Yeah, we're not doing that." <laughs> yeah. So we shouldn't have to build anything elaborate for the next event, though. Right. Which is good because I don't want to build something elaborate again, not for a while. Uh, the Hercules hold was really cool, but God, was it stressful? Yeah. Well, had you not been gone for six weeks, it may not have been so bad. Yeah. You, you put that, you had to put that together fairly quickly. I did. I did. Um, and it is what it is. I know another big improvement is I feel like the women's classes didn't run as smoothly as they should have. In which event? On all the events, or? So, I feel like some of those weights wound up being too heavy. Did, well, yeah, there were, I did notice that on, on a couple of, of the, uh, on the log. Yeah. Some of them couldn't, they didn't go very far. Well, not ju- not just the log, but also the deadlift, too. Yeah. Like, if I'm not mistaken, on the, uh, on the heavyweight, only one person actually picked the, pick up the deadlift. Right. I had help in choosing those weights, so I thought they were going to be good. You know, I um, there was a local, you know, subject matter expert on how much you know women strongman athletes should be able to lift. Right. I'm just. I mean, I'm going to have to go to somebody else next year. So hopefully, it's uh, it's a problem that's going to be kind of self-correcting. Okay. Um. Because yeah, I really, I really hated to see only one woman in the one weight class pick up the weight. Uh, yeah, we also had to combine two uh, some of the weight classes too, and I was hoping not to have to do that. But that being said, it is a huge improvement from last year. Last year we only had one open female sign up, and we had a lot this year. That's good. Yes. So I'm hopefully that keeps growing. Uh, I really hope they didn't get a bad taste in their mouth from some, the way some of it went this uh, this go around, because I really do want the sport to grow, especially for women in the area. I think it will. I think I think most of them had a good time. I hope so. I know I did a uh, one of those survey monkeys mm-hmm. uh, afterwards, and the uh, it was about fifty fifty split on you know who thought it ran really well and who thought it ran really poorly. Mm-hmm. I need to ask uh, specific people. I need to specifically ask Jamie how she thought it went and what we need to improve on because she's a promoter herself. Right. And she's going to, she's going to be able to look at it through a different lens than the spectators looked at. Right. So we'll, we'll see what she thinks about it. Oh, it's a work in progress, man. It is. Um, it's not our first rodeo, but two rodeos is still a very low amount of rodeos. <laughs> uh, so we're going to have our third one later this year, and I want to get on a rotation where every fall we're doing Rougarou and every spring we're doing uh, Alabama Strong. Not Alabama Strong. It's Louisiana Strongest Man. So do you have the Louisiana Strongest is going to be here? It's going to be here. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Um, we are going to keep doing competitions here. Mm-hmm. Until they grow large enough to where I actually are forced to find a venue, just because... Uh, you weren't involved in the planning process last year at all in the moving process. Right. Bringing, because remember, we were still at Atlas 2.0 last year, and we moved all the equipment to compete into this building when it was still an empty warehouse. Right. That process was such a logistical nightmare that I want to do it on location for as long as humanly possible. Plus, we have all this equipment that allow athletes to warm up with. True. Sure. You know, we've got all the turf, we've got the machines, we've got the squat racks, deadlift bars, extra axles, extra logs. It's it's the perfect place to warm up prior to your events. Right. So I don't want to change that if we don't have to. Granted, it's not the best place for spectators. 
So if we ever get more spectators, then uh, I'd like to move to like the Lamar Dixon. Right. I think that'd yeah. probably be the best bet in like the yeah. rodeo field. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'd be fun. Me too. Um, I really, um, I enjoyed it as a competitor, but I really had just as much fun as, you know, being a, being a volunteer, helping run things. I like running them so much better than competing in them. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun uh, to be it, behind it the scenes. Just, it tickles a different part of my brain than competing. I can see why. Definitely yeah. interesting. All right. So what else do you want to talk about today? We're about the 54 or almost hit the 55-minute mark. Oh, I'm not sure. Anything new in the nerdy world? Not that I've really been paying that much attention to it. We're going to see the Eternals tomorrow. Let me know how it is. I will. I've heard mixed reviews on it. So okay. I don't know. And Facebook is spoiler free so far. The only place where I've like almost seen spoilers was TikTok. Hmm. <coughs> uh, I guess we can talk about some things that are about to uh, be happening in the gym. I've been researching how we can go ahead and really jumpstart our apparel line. Just go for it. Um, I don't have a timeline for it on that yet, but uh, but like yeah, I found out you know a bunch of things. Like there are companies out there that will. So one, so our website runs off of WordPress, which right. I don't know how much you know about building websites or anything. None. So our website runs off of a program called WordPress. I always thought Shopify was because in, in WordPress's point of sale system that it has that you can add on. It's called WooCommerce, mm-hmm. uh, which if you go to our website and you go to the cart and you add things, that's all done through WooCommerce. I always thought that Shopify, which is what everybody really uses now. Uh, like, um, like if you go to, to hate brand goods, impact, I think impact mouth guards is Shopify. All the big ones are Shopify. Right. And I was always under the impression that Shopify was to Squarespace. What WooCommerce was to WordPress. Okay. So I've been like, man, but I'll have to rebuild the website to a Shopify web or to a WordPress website. I recently found out that Shopify is actually its own standalone thing, just like WordPress and Squarespace are. Okay. And it is actually not that hard to build the exact same website on Shopify as I do on WordPress. Okay. So, and there's even like plugins that I can get to port all of the blogs that are already written over to the new hosting and, and all that cool stuff. But what's cool is that there are, there are companies out there that will handle all printing and fulfillment for apparel. Okay. So I don't have to touch any of that. I don't have to keep any inventory around. And the ones that I'm looking at, you don't have to like buy a thousand shirts and then they sell those thousand shirts. Mm -hmm. They will actually print as your customers order on demand. Yes. That makes things a little easier. Yes. So all we have to do is do the design, some design, get things approved, get them on the store. And then as people order, Everything else kind of happens automatically. Okay. So yeah, that that I actually work in that kind of yeah thing. We do that exact same thing at work. Y'all do uh y'all do print to order? Yeah, we do print on demand. Every, mo- most thing that we do are print on demand. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I always assume that um you're Vivid Ink, right? Yeah. You work for Vivid Ink. I always assume that uh it was like because just because it's a local company. I always assumed that it was like, you know, schools and churches saying, hey, we need like 50 shirts for, you know, our organization. Can we get those shirts? And you all print those. They pay the money. You print the shirts and they pick up and they pick up the shirts. I didn't realize that y'all. So do y'all actually work with like online retailers like Shopify and all that? Um, I think we have our own website and stuff. Okay. Uh, the, the, the shirts, I'm not wholly familiar with how they work, but for prints. Like mm-hmm. signs and stuff. Yeah. That's all print on demand. And we okay. work with national companies too. Okay. Yeah. So like Vivid Ink is more like a local Vista print then? Yes, but better. Okay. Like we do banners and um, building signs. And I need to go to the website and look at uh, and look at getting a sign. Yeah. Ballpark, how much does a sign cost? Do you know? That varies depending on material. Okay. Depending on whether you get laminated or not. Uh, it, 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 there's some factors that play into that. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, because we need a sign. No, we had uh, we had an older gentleman join the other day, and he said he had trouble finding us because we didn't have a good sign. 
which is fair. You know, we don't. Signs are expensive, though. Uh, we can talk about that. Okay. We can definitely talk about that. Cool, cool. Yeah, I definitely want to because we need a sign. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And there's some other things that are kind of in the works that I'm not really ready to talk about on air yet. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for what this next year is going to bring. Awesome. Um, yeah, me too. With kind of every with all the changes that have happened in the gym over the last six months, it's kind of like thrown us into a fire. And we're going to have to... A little you know, bit. Yeah, we're going to have to temper. Yeah, but I think we have a good place here. It's I think we have a good thing going. Well, honestly, that in, thrown into the fire is where I operate the best. Yeah. So People thrive under pressure. In reality, they kind of did us a little bit of a favor. You think? I think so, because we're starting to get a little stagnant. Maybe. Like, I've noticed, and we can talk a little bit more about that off air, but there are some things that I've kind of noticed over the last years I'm not quite uh, happy about. And... And I think that this is going to help work to change that. But on that note, we just crossed the hour mark. Uh, so you ready to wrap this thing up? I think so, yeah. All right. Um, recap on the sponsors. Right now we only got two of them, and we're going to keep it that way for the foreseeable future um, until things start really popping off. Because before long, you know, there'll be different ways for you to support the podcast. We'll have the T-shirts. We'll have uh, other things as well. And, yeah, we always said we have our programming. Uh, oh, I'm also writing again. Now that we're um, have a little bit more of a schedule with the baby, yep, I'm finding some time here and there to start writing again. I have an article written now, which I think I sent to you. Yep, it's going to go. Uh, what did I say? Tuesday. Yeah. Yep, it's going to go live on the website on Tuesday. So keep an eye open for that, which is going to be the day after tomorrow. If you because if you're listening to this on Monday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, then uh, as soon as you get done with listening to this podcast, I want you to park your car in the nearest parking lot and read the article that. That uh, Matthew, Matthew, uh, oh, of a bitch. <laughs> it's so hard to remember. Uh, Cavier. Yeah, close. Cavier. Ca- close. Cavier. What did I say? Cavier. No, I said, I said air. Did you say I air? I 100% said air. Okay. Yes, yes. Because the first time I said it, I just put, I didn't use the right form of the A. I used ca instead of ca. Right. Everything else was correct. So I am getting closer. There's a bunch of non-Kunash French people bastard. going to listen to this be like, what the fuck is yep. this dude talking about? That reminds me. Remind me to send you a TikTok later today. Uh, or actually, do you follow Chastity on TikTok or even on it? I don't actually have TikTok. Okay. Uh, it's a video that some woman posted about how her husband said that, he is be- that the best gumbo he ever had was in Louisiana and she wanted to prove him wrong. <laughs> That's not how that works. There's no roux. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing as a gumbo, but it doesn't have a room. It's made soup. But uh, all right. So anyway, sponsors, <laughs> sponsors. You know, we just lost all of our um, all of our listeners north of I-10. Uh, <laughs> we have Impact Studio. Go to Impact Studio on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, go to his website. Buy a cosplay from him. Or at the very least, wish the guy well. He's been through a lot. He deserves it. He deserves some well He deserves wishes. it. You know, send him a thumbs up. Tell him you love his stuff. He lost his building. Send him some money. Yeah. It's it's the holiday season, guys. Donate. Buy stuff from him. I don't know if he has kids, but if he does, picture like one of them, you know, like Tiny Tim. It's uh, a, what, what what he says, I don't know. I, I wanted to say more, can I have some more, sir? But that's, that's not Tiny Tim. No, that's not Tiny Tim. That's, um... Some other oldie classic. Yeah, it's, I think it's another Charles Dickens, though. I believe so. Charles Dickens just writes, you know, pitiful child really well. <laughs> yeah, I think Oliver Twist. Is that, Is that right? It? I don't know. It's been yes. a long time. Yeah. Hey, Siri. Is Oliver Twist written by Charles Dickens? Yep, there you go. Yep, written by Charles Dickens. Called it. So, yeah, Charles Dickens is the king of writing sad poor kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knew? Um, a Christmas Story is Charles Dickens, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Fuck, I don't know. There's not, so many I'm, different variations of that now. I'm not asking her again. <laughs> That's probably going to show up really weird on the podcast. So, yeah, Unmasked Studio. Go help Tiny Tim out. It's Christmas spirit. Don't be a Scrooge. Buy his stuff. Like his stuff, share his stuff. And if you don't have enough energy to do that, 
fix yourself by going to strikeforceenergy.com. Use promo code ATLASSTRENGTH at checkout. I don't think I said that at the end of the podcast. Use ATLASSTRENGTH at checkout to save you 20% on all of your energy needs. Got anything else you want to add? Uh, if anybody has anything you want me to write about, if you care about my opinion or want to know what I want to think about something, let me know. Yeah, shoot him a, uh, what's your what's your Instagram? Uh, Matty underscore ice 92. Matt 8 underscore I. Uh, no, Matty. Matty underscore ice 92. You changed it? Oh, wait, no. It's, it's Matt. What is it now? Yeah, it's uh, Matt Prime, something like that. I don't know. I got so many nicknames, I, I can't keep track. Hold on, what is it? Dude, uh, Matthew dude. underscore prime 92. That's Matthew it. underscore prime 92 at Instagram. Go and shoot him a message. Tell him what you want him to write about. Also, if you're in the Baton Rouge area, come to our Strongman Saturdays every Saturday, well, almost every Saturday at 10 a.m. We're going to have a hell of a time. Um, it's a little bit slower right now because we just had a competition. So if you want to get involved in the Strongman community, really now is kind of the time where it's a little bit more quiet and get a little bit more hands-on with us. And finally, if you really like the podcast, go give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Like us, share us with your friends, do all that cool stuff. And we will talk to you all again two weeks from now. Y'all have a good one. See ya.